0: Part two of two sixteen South Casey ID Road.
1: Okay, so it has been. Some time it has. Can you refresh me on what was going on?
0: I can. So, here it is in a nutshell you have this douchebag named Mike, who for some reason can charm all these women. Oh,
1: Jesus, it all just came flooding yeah. back, but keep uh-huh. going.
0: And he is like in the part of the story we are at now, he's in his 60s and like a 6'1", 275-pound gray-haired man. So the fact that You just that really
1: sold him.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and spoiler alert, he's still out there, ladies, supposedly. Uh, but yeah, his first wife had all the tea on him, which I spilled in the first part of this. And then came along after... He has this kind of like habit of he gets married he has a whole bunch of mistresses he cheats he like uses one of the mistresses to like as like an exit vehicle from that other relationship and then marries these other ladies but the other ladies don't know that he was already married so he's really good basically at manipulation at lying and he's also a very good gaslighter uh he's How would obviously you feel? narcissistic I'm as sorry well. the yeah. way you
1: explain that like how would you feel if you were essentially an uber for a relationship
0: I know I like know that, that is
1: literally like what he's doing he's like um <laughs> I'm done with the party it. for the night that I'm gonna so... order my uber um goodbye <laughs> yeah I'm gonna ride that uber for a couple of years <laughs> yeah that can't use uber anymore so let's go to lyft
0: yeah, that's right. Yeah, gotta go to Lyft because Uber already knows. Yeah, I would not, I would not like that at all. So, but Mike is just out there living life. He's also a commercial pilot, which helps him. I feel with his lies, because yes. that like keeps the well. I'm off to fly here. I'm off to fly there. So his backstory of being gone for weeks upon weeks or days upon days is backed up by, by the job that he does have. So, um, I feel that is to his advantage. And then he meets Cheryl and remember Cheryl is a wonderful woman who taught at the school of the deaf and blind for many, many years. She was an amazing teacher, um, she was an amazing friend she was very crafty uh, she loved art she made she crocheted the wedding dress that she married him in
1: Oh yeah, remember
0: and she loves nature and she loves animals and she is just a wonderful woman and now she's married to mike and i mean i don't know if this is a good or bad thing but mike for a period of time is actually really great to her and with her. All of their friends, remember, said that they were a great couple. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a lot of common interests, like being out in nature and, and enjoying the outdoors, but they were also very different. So that helped the relationship as well, because Absolutely. you can't be exactly the same or that'll get boring quickly. Mm-hmm. And um, she was in her 50s. Uh, they had purchased a home in Idaho. And it's the address that is, this episode is named after. And that's where she thought she was going to retire and live her life with her husband. Um, and he was out there getting the place ready while she was back in Utah, uh, finishing up, you know, tying up loose ends, selling their current house, um, packing up, getting things ready. Um, and he had moved in a new girlfriend to the cute little house they were going to exactly. retire in. Exactly. And that's where Najda and her daughter, Peyton Medley, come in. And Najda, if you remember, was um, a woman who was born and raised in Germany. But then she came to the United States. She uh, had married a man. Unfortunately, he died. Um, and she lived this kind of, like, unfortunate there was an unfortunate series of events, but she was a very capable and um, independent woman. Um, She became a massage therapist after her first husband had died and she was making a good life for her and her daughter Peyton, who at the time when she met was only 13 years old and he came into Peyton's life. And again, for all the assholery that Mike commits and you will hear more in depth about that in the first episode. Uh he is like I guess in the situation a good person. I don't even know really how to describe it. Like for with his first wife he wasn't and you'll hear all about that if you go back to the first episode. But like with Najda and with Cheryl in these last few months that we're going to wrap up here in part 2, he is a good person, like not really, but to them, to their face, because even right. all of their friends and all of their family, you're going to hear from Cheryl's brother in a second, had no idea what a monster Mike was, like had no clue. So that is kind of that in a nutshell. That was actually a rather large nut shell. I don't Probably like that. I don't either. Let's just... never say
1: that again, please. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Deal. And we ended part 2 with a a shed full of bodies, right? Yes. Yeah, so part 2 ended with a welfare check to 216 KCID Road and um as I said the police arrived for a welfare check. And um, this was after Peyton and Najda Medley had not been heard from since June 6th. So police get there. They see a shed. They immediately notice a foul smell. There's a swarm of flies. If we know anything from everything we research, Crystal, that could only mean one thing. They open the shed door. There is a blue tarp Covering the bottom of the shed floor with obviously something under it. And so one of the officers uh, lifts the blue tarp. And I need to remind you, this is Idaho. This is June. And um, it was very hot. Ugh. So decomposition was fast, and these uh-huh. three bodies that they found underneath the blue tarp were basically unrecognizable. They couldn't even make a guess as to the sex or the race yeah. just just by looking at them. Yeah. Or a guess at that point just by sight of how they died because of the condition of the bodies being in that sweltering heat. Right. So after more examination, they were able to determine that all the victims, and remember there were three dogs, too, that were also shot. The dogs. Yeah. All of them, including the dogs, had been shot in the head, execution style. Now, when word got around and calls were being made, Peyton's friend, Sydney, who had originally sounded the alarm that something was up assumed that it was peyton her mom and mike so when they were like there's three bodies that have been found at you know at the address uh when you know people were starting to like speculate who it was everyone assumed it was peyton mom and mike
1: right that makes sense because the people in that town in idaho Know that those three live there.
0: Exactly. Um, when the press release came out indicating that it was actually three female bodies out there, everyone who knew Peyton and Najda were absolutely confused. They had no idea who the third female body could belong to. Right. Um, even one of Najda's friends, upon hearing the news of the third body, which at this point had now been identified as who do you think? Cheryl, uh huh. So when it was identified that the third body was Cheryl Baker, Mike's actual wife, right. um, she called the news station to tell them, "No, you have reported the wrong information. Mike was not married." Really? Yeah, like she was oh adamant. She was like, "You need to, that you need to take this out of the news. He, Mike was not married. Najda was his girlfriend. He had no wife named Cheryl."
1: What a good friend though.
0: I know. Right? Like I know. Given
1: she believes this is completely true and she's trying to protect her friend's reputation after her friend is dead.
0: I know. Like I know.
1: Oh, what a good friend.
0: Yeah. So everyone, at least on you know, Najda and Peyton's side, were extremely confused. They obviously had no idea Mike was married. Right. Najda didn't either, obviously, right? Because mm-hmm. Friends and family would later say that they knew for a fact, knowing her and her character, had she known Mike was married, she would have never been interested in him ever. So they were just all beside themselves. Yeah. As a matter of fact, they were shocked to learn later that Mike kept his double life going, even though the house he shared with Cheryl in Utah, where he again met Najda and started dating her was only eight miles away from Najda's apartment prior to them moving to SKID Road. Ugh. Yeah. Eight miles.
1: Like, he has zero regard for if Najda has mutual acquaintances with his wife. 100%
0: and Najda I told you she was posting about Mike and their adventures all over social media all the time so how I mean there's always a mutual friend like sometimes when you're on Facebook you know you're like oh we're mutual friends with that person and Mm -hmm. and you know people that you don't even know but you're you're like oh you know them how do you know them exactly so I'm shocked that not one person and this was back when Facebook was still super popular. I mean, it's popular now, but it's slowed down a bit. I think as the kids say, only it's it. Moms use Facebook and that's it. Um, so, so they were just like absolutely shocked. Cheryl's family and friends were all shocked and devastated as well. Cheryl's brother, Byron says he saw zero red flags in Cheryl's relationship with Mike. Like he said, Mike was very nice. Cheryl was super happy. They, no one noticed anything but happiness and love between the couple. And if Cheryl did have concerns, she obviously did not share them with anyone. So that leads me to believe that either she was really good at just keeping everything to herself or there were no concerns she
1: was completely clueless.
0: Yeah. And she was just happy, which I mean, I don't know. I I feel like, you know, women have instinct about this stuff sometimes, right? Like, you know, when something is off or, or something's going on. But again, like we've talked about before, he was a pilot. He -hmm. had this, if my husband was a pilot, Yeah, I wouldn't, you know. You wouldn't question him being gone all the time because it's not like he can work from home. Exactly. Exactly. So um, also at this point, if you're wondering, asshole Mike... He's nowhere to be found.
1: Oh, I was about to like okay, yeah. so it was he's gone. He's completely gone, or he's making a spectacle of himself, going, "Oh my God, my no. wife
0: is dead." He is gone, and he is a very obvious suspect at this point, and police are very concerned because now he's had a ten day start over the police. Uh-huh. Because remember, no one had heard from them since uh, June sixth or June 9th. and it was now June. What was it, June twenty sixth? Um, oh, it was June twenty sixth. Now, so he had a ten day start.
1: Yeah, that's a pretty hefty head start. I mean, he could literally be anywhere.
0: Yeah, yeah. Especially so, being
1: a pilot, you get um, you get buddy passes or whatever. You can literally hop on any flight. One hundred percent. Be gone.
0: So, um. Immediately, speculation and theories started to go around, right? They couldn't have Mike. They have these three bodies in the shed. It's Najda, it's poor Peyton, and it's Cheryl Baker. Now, one theory that was going around was that uh, Cheryl somehow finds out about Najda. She goes down to confront her, uh, gets to the house, kills her and Peyton. Or kills her, and then Peyton comes out, and then she kills Peyton as well as soon as she sees them. And then Mike walks into the mess and, like, kills Cheryl. Which anyone that knows Cheryl would be like, absolutely not. She's not going to fly into some rage and go and kill the woman and then a teenager? Right. Absolutely not. No, I think she was just going to check on the house that she owns. Exactly. 100%. I say exactly a lot. I was talking to my friend. Um, We've was, talked about this before. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. Your yeah. My friend, my friend was like, uh, yeah, I said it should be a drinking game. And she's like, I would be drunk. Like by the time I got to my destination, because I think she listens to the car. And I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. Um, plus, don't drink and drive, everybody. Obviously. Uh- <laughs> Look at me. Look at me just giving life nuggets out for free. Okay, another theory is that Najda saw Cheryl coming, grabbed a gun, killed Cheryl because she suddenly knew about Cheryl, and then killed Peyton. And then Mike came in and killed her. No,
1: Like... None of these make any sense. Why is why are there theories other than Mike the asshole killed them all?
0: Yeah, these were like theories swirling around when police were trying to figure out how this happened. But the funny thing about this is these do not add up to the character or people that Najda or Cheryl were right. Like, okay, it, I it would guess, miss but... if they were like crazy, like or all of a sudden became crazy i don't know but this doesn't it doesn't add. i mean
1: okay so i i get i guess if the police are the ones coming up with these theories it makes sense to me because i actually prefer this it means they're keeping their options open yeah yeah, and they're not keeping one narrow focus in this case it would probably be warranted yeah um I thought you were saying it was like the community was coming up with these. I'm like, what no, kind of backwoods think... <laughs> weird romance novel writing people are these?
0: Uh, it would be me if I lived in that community. It was at the local it coffee shop. I'll be like, be. I will tell you what happened. I think da-da-da, da-da-da, and da-da-da. And then everyone would be like, just shut up.
1: Everyone's like... <laughs> can you please check me out faster i have (laughs) to be and the crazy lady is in line again
0: thank you she
1: never buys anything she just stands here
0: and shouts Uh, this is another one i would probably shout out some say that mike cheryl comes she confronts mike in the home and when she gets there mike kills cheryl And then kills the other two and then runs off and is now living a new life somewhere else, which I think this part of the speculation was a little more kind of in the initial part of the investigation. I think that was a little more spot on. But here's the story of what police were able able to gather after an in-depth, like, investigation, after they talked to everybody, talked to Cheryl's side of the family, talked to Najda's, when they looked at all the evidence that was presented This is what they came up with. Okay. So they figure that on June 8th, Cheryl drives to Idaho unannounced. Nobody knows why. She was actually supposed to be there for sure on June 26th, but she arrives on June 8th. That's
1: really early.
0: It is very early. And I have a couple of theories as to why. Now. Cheryl hadn't even seen the property, even though, if you remember, it was originally purchased under her name. Yes. But prior to this happening, Mike was able to get it under his name. We still don't know how he was able to do that without Cheryl knowing. So I think there was a lot of, like, deceit, forgery, like. A lot of buying people Something, yeah, something, something happened there. I also want to say that I think Cheryl is very smart. I think she knew something was up and without being confrontational, I think she just wanted to check on things herself. I think she, she either something didn't feel right to her. I don't think she went with the intention of killing. I think she was just like, you know what? Something doesn't feel right. I want to go see my husband. And I want to go see this house that's under my name. What? I'm what was she supposed
1: to be there for on the 26th?
0: There was a concert. There was a concert she was gonna go to. That's when the house in Utah was supposed to be all wrapped up and done. Okay. And she was supposed to be moved out. And then I think there was like an alternate plan for like a concert that just so happened to be around that time. Okay. So, anyways, she arrives. And I think things just happen from there. No one knows if Mike was already there when Cheryl shows up, Mm -hmm. but they said Cheryl gets there. She obviously finds Najda and Peyton on the property. Now, When the neighbors were interviewed, even though this is a a big property, there's still, you know, people around. There was no disturbance or anything reported that day. No one heard anything out of the ordinary. No one heard a fight. So police assume that I think, and I think this is very true, that Cheryl and Najda had a very civil conversation. And they were both probably equally as shocked to find out about one another. Yeah. So I think there's two decent women here going, who are you? Who are you? I'm Mike's wife. I'm Mike's girlfriend. I think there was just like a lot of just shock and like disbelief. And I don't think there was a, a, there was any, No explosive. Yeah, no, it's... um,
1: Probably like a sitting down and going, well, how long have you been married? Yeah, yeah. How long have you been seeing him? Just like Uh back and forth, trying to nail down the timeline here. And I can't remember. Did Cheryl know at that point that Mike had been married when they were first dating?
0: No. Oh, Uh -uh. so
1: Cheryl never found out.
0: Cheryl never found out.
1: Oh. Yeah,
0: yeah. Which you know what good I'm because glad. remember Cheryl that this was like the first time this was kind of like her first major relationship she like got into a relationship later later in life and mike was like her very first serious relationship in her like 40s so i'm glad because i would hate to wait that long for somebody and then to find out that it was this right
1: yeah so i guess i'm glad for her that she never found out because that means that she was in a like she truly was happy yeah but i'm also really sad that sad. she never found out because that meant that she was like literally living a lie
0: yeah and
1: yeah. she could have maybe gotten herself out if she had I know. found out at some point
0: i know i know so um I think Mike is not there when Cheryl arrives because, again, he doesn't know that she is going to show up. Uh So I don't think he was there. I think Cheryl and Najda are having a conversation and then he shows up. And I think, or and the police, too, think that they confront him. And that's when he grabs a gun and shoots them each in the head.
1: So you said they were all shot execution style. Yeah. To me, that means like. Back of the head?
0: Um, I didn't. I, you know what? I can't. I should look at that up how or where. Um, because, but, like,
1: that's generally speaking, if somebody describes something as execution style, typically it means back of the head in a downward motion.
0: I always thought it meant like straight shot to the forehead, like facing.
1: I'm just trying to think of how he would subdue two grown women and a teenage girl to be able to shoot all three of them, quote unquote, execution style, if that's how it was reported.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I think I think maybe he was like, I don't know.
1: Unless maybe he like separated them. Do, do we ever they find don't out? they
0: we don't they never release that information because unfortunately and I'm going to talk about this later we still don't know where Mike is really yes so oh take my that God. out right? but because I'm gonna go through that yeah so mm. after the autopsies the coroner was able to determine that uh the likely deaths occurred on the night of the eighth or the ninth okay.
1: So maybe Mike gets home like sometime late uh at night and finds everybody sitting in the living room chatting.
0: Exactly. And they believe that Mike stayed in Idaho for at least 24 hours after the murders take place. Mm -hmm. And they know this from bank account records and surveillance because they were able to determine that Mike heads to Nampa, Idaho for breakfast. He stops for breakfast on June 10th.
1: Yeah, because after I commit three murders, uh-huh, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I, need I want a... some pancakes.
0: I don't. You know, that's like Chris Watts when Chris Watts after he buried Shanann and put the girls in those oil tanks, he stopped at a gas station and got a breakfast burrito.
1: Um, so he got breakfast.
0: Yeah, he got breakfast. Which uh, I which, don't. I mean, you gotta I eat. Know. You gotta eat. You, but I mean, also,
1: like. If I had just done something like that, I don't know that I could. I would be running, like, too high energy. But, I mean, we're also talking about a guy who, like, lives a lie 24-7. So, it's probably just nothing to him at this point. So, I, I can't fa- keep going. Sorry.
0: Well, which completely feels to me like, why did he do that? Because, Mike, we know he's a smart guy, Right. Like, to take this sudden drastic measure now and know that he is completely traceable using bank cards. Like,
1: he obviously doesn't
0: care. care? Yeah. So, anyways, he stops for breakfast on June 10th. Then they know that he returns to Utah. Now, remember, he has a 10-day lead. So, police get there 10 days after all of this happened. Mm
1: -hmm. So,
0: he returns to Utah, dumps his car. Then picks up his dead wife's car, Cheryl's car, that was at a dealership where it was being serviced. Okay. And so he takes that car, and now he's in that car, and on June 11th, Mike is seen on surveillance, on video, entering Bridger-Teton National Forest in Wyoming which is about 3.4 million acres of public land. Um, Everybody should be very familiar with this because of the Gabby Petito case. And this is tied to it too. Is it? Yes. So I I got really, this is why I did this in the first place because when I was semi-interested in Gabby Petito, but everybody was, and you and I have talked about it before Mm -hmm. and we're not doing the case because we're just not. Um, uh, Remember when they were looking for her, they found several other bodies that weren't Gabby right? in the search. Oh. And it was speculated at one point that his remains had been found. Oh. But it, they were never determined to be his remains. Okay. So I just want to throw that out there because this case is tied to Gabby Petito's. It is mentioned... And, like, you know, upon searching for Gabby's, you know, for any sign of Gabby, a suspected
1: uh, body of suspected Mike, whatever, by, yeah. Found, yeah. It
0: could be Mike. It could be, which there is a case I want to cover, which is the two women uh, that ended up being murdered. Anyways, so it's weird how all of these, because again, this place, like I said, 3.4 million acres of public land. And, uh-huh with lots of wolves, coyotes, grizzly bears, I mean this is just jam-packed with wildlife. So this that would be the last place they were able to track him. After that, he just disappears. He disappears because the car, Cheryl's car was later discovered abandoned at the Pacific Creek Campground, which is in that area. So after doing an extensive search of the grounds where police figured he could have traveled just by foot, you know, they did a uh you know area wide after where the car was found and then you know an area around that they still had no sign of him and they used police dogs helicopters infrared technology now at this point authorities believe that mike either hitchhiked his way out of the forest or was just hiding out there Mm -hmm. um and now it's a manhunt for him, right? News, media, posters, everyone is looking for Mike. Uh, the his description is out: six one, two hundred and fifty pounds, sixty one year old man, gray hair, well traveled, experienced with the outdoors, a good liar, and major douche canoe. Let's find him.
1: You know what this really reminds me of? What this reminds me of? Um, the guy that I covered. Uh, James Perillo, the creeper who hangs out on the Pacific Crest Trail. Oh, yes, you did that case. Yes, this reminds yes. me of him.
0: Uh huh. Uh
1: huh. That, like, experienced in the outdoors around the same age, hanging out in a forest. Um, that's just it. All these connections today.
0: <sighs> yeah, a lot of connections. Um, so. Now, apparently, if you're that with that description, 6'1, 250 pounds, 61 years old, gray hair, like uh, the description fits, apparently, a lot of men vacationing with their families. Because on July, unfortunately, on July of 2017, the police held Brett Hemry of Missouri and his seven year old daughter at gunpoint in the car. When he was mistakenly identified as possibly being Mike. Uh So that was a big oops. The family later sued, just so you know. I do not blame them. (laughs) But during this manhut, they are flooded with tips, possible sightings at grocery stores, Dairy Queens, outdoor stores in Michigan. I mean, nothing panned out. The search spread quickly across multiple states. Um, After a year of searching... Um, Mike was considered a dangerous fugitive. Some believe, believe he was dead in the national forest somewhere while others believe that he was on the run or even in another country. Cause like you had pointed out, he has pilots. He's a pilot, right? He has a license, he has friends, he has connections. In 2018, they sent out a search and rescue crew with cadaver dogs to search the surrounding area where he was last seen. And again, that was a year after and still nothing was found. Uh, Cheryl Baker's brother, Byron, believes that his brother-in-law could very well be in another country. Uh, He says that Mike is a very good schmoozer. And along with the fact that he was a wilderness expert and a pilot, he said that Mike essentially had all the tools he needed to escape the law. And, um, you know, he said he wished that the investigators were more aggressive with the search, but he understands that he just has to give them time. Um, and today, six years after the murders, which were coming up on, or we have passed six years. They were killed on June 9th. So it's been six years. Mike is still nowhere to be found.
1: Really? Like, not even a whisper? No. Of anything? How?
0: No. The Canyon County sheriffs um, in Idaho, they're fairly certain that Mike has either killed himself in the area of the National Forest that has not been searched or has died from the elements of being out there. And with all the wildlife out there, it's very possible that if he did kill himself somewhere, In a place where they weren't able to search or didn't get to, it's possible animals ate his remains and then they could be scattered all over the place. But um, there is still zero evidence to prove that he is dead. So the case does remain an open investigation.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah. So. I mean. I don't. Like, we don't even have enough information to begin to speculate
0: where he might... Uh -uh. I think he's dead. I think he's dead. I I don't know how... uh, How... Because He did something like, drastic. All of his lies caught up to him. He did something drastic. I think he was tired of doing all these double lives. That I think he just snapped. Killed and them And he was all, not preparing no, to go on the run like this. Like no, it's not like he was not planning on dropping everything. Uh-uh.
1: So he doesn't have a safety net of cash anywhere. Yeah. Um. His his like escape was very disjointed. Yeah. Um. I just, I don't know.
0: And I also think that he really did love Cheryl. And that's why he didn't, he wasn't as mean and manipulative as he was with his other two wives prior to her. Like, I think he, like, kind of was getting older, slowing down. And then, but, you know, a dog is a dog, right? Like, I, I think he couldn't let go of that. Like, just one last hurrah, I guess. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't well, know. But Why would you do that when you know your wife is going to be moving up there? I just exactly. don't know. And then kill Peyton, this girl who was such a sweet, you know, teenager and had her whole life ahead of her, I think. Right. And it's not like
1: people wouldn't know it was him. Like Yeah. Yeah. So even if he left Peyton alive, like... What's she going to be able to tell people that they can't figure out like, oh, it was Mike. Okay, we knew it was Mike.
0: Yeah, so I think this was obviously a last-minute decision on his part, and he did it, and then he, I think he ran, and then till he couldn't run anymore, and then I really do think he killed himself. The police won't say if the weapon that was used uh, to kill the three women, that either they have it in evidence or is with him, they will not say because again, that's a part of the investigation that they need to keep to themselves in case. That's a
1: pretty big key part too because Uh that almost makes me feel like they don't have it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they do. I think he had it and he killed himself with it, but then you would think it would be possible to find that gun in, like, with all the searching and hunting that goes on there. I don't know
1: yeah and i'm almost thinking that him committing these murders it just like we've just explained how little sense it makes especially Mm -hmm. peyton i'm wondering if this was like a snap like he like blacked out and he did all of this in like a mindless rage Mm -hmm. and came to sometime after he had breakfast i don't know and that's why he ran, and that would explain why he killed Peyton because there was no reason to. Um, I I don't know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Are there like, I there have to be like discussion boards and stuff out there of people talking about this?
0: Yeah, uh, there is. There's a lot on Reddit. Um, there is a lot. Yeah, there's a lot out there. So um, and that's where like the Gabby Petito came up and, you know, all that stuff, because it it is true. Gabby Petito's search did find and unearth a lot of other people who have either been murdered or been or have, you know, fallen to the elements or have been missing. And so. um, So, yeah, so that is the unfortunate Case of 216 South KCID Road. And I would like to point out that we are the very first people who are podcast to pronounce that name correctly. Ooh, look at us. I, I looked at other places that they were like, I don't know if it's, but you know, I said it too to you in the beginning. I don't know if it's kid or skid road. And we just so you know, Crystal and I did our research. It is KCID. It took us a while. We were sitting there with like dead air for about fifteen minutes. Both of us were frantically trying to find stuff. I don't know. And of course, you know, true to me, I was like, "Ooh, that was something I was supposed to research, but didn't." I know how to bring those love stories, huh? And a two-part, and it ends like this. (laughs) Well, you know, I mean, I mean, it's not me until I mess something up, and so yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, you think, oh, she's going to do really what? Oh, no, she doesn't. I mean, it's not <laughs> that the quality is that. It's just that, like, it's just the
1: there's ending. no
0: answers. There is and no answers. Both of you- Why
1: would you do that to us when you do like this?
0: Because it's another life nugget, all right? It, if you see some guy, now he'd be in his mid-late 60s, okay? And he's very charming. Just... And he's one and a little hefty and gray hair. Just don't. That maybe, sounds like everybody some... I've run into at the <laughs> grocery store. Exactly. So maybe don't. Just walk away. Unless, you know, it would be nice. Mm-hmm. Why don't, like, old men be like, hey, I'll give you $100,000 a month if you just call me once a month?
1: once a month
0: yeah just say things to me i feel like i would be very good at that and i would be able to hold that like i would talk to you i would like actually have a great conversation with you it's because you're making a hundred thousand dollars i know i know so like like i bet there's like conversational sugar daddies out there i I don't know there are yeah there's sugar
1: daddies who look for a whole range of stuff. They're just. I just
0: want conversation. I don't even want to see you or like.
1: So you want to be a digital girlfriend? You know, there are services that do a that, month. right?
0: Oh, there are just once a month, but I would need an insane amount of money to like make that commitment. And my husband, I don't think, would mind. An once extra a month? An extra 100K?
1: Yeah. I, I feel like you pay me like $100 for one day a month. I'm fine <laughs> with it
0: well i think you're gonna get some inquiries here soon (laughs) hey send them my way you get to talk to me once a month
1: i'll ruin your life it works out for everyone (laughs) all right okay so thank you
0: yes you're welcome everybody enjoy that love story and those life nuggets i just lend it out to you for free
1: stop saying life nuggets it's not a thing uh, uh.
0: Okay. okay. you enjoy bye. your life I will <laughs> 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 Goodbye everyone <laughs> bye <laughs>